This is Futurecast 101. This is Futurecast 101. Hello, this is Reggie Dayak for Futurecast 101, a student project for the College of St. Benedict at St. John's University. Today's topic will be, what will the sports turf industry look like in 2050? Today we are joined here by our guest, Brian Dayak, who is the co-owner, is the owner of Pro Fields and the co-owner of the Minnesota Sports Turf Managers Association. Before we look too far into the future, we need to understand a little bit about this industry itself. You may think it sports t- grass, sports turf grass industry is a, just a bunch of individuals who mow and maintain athletic fields. Although this is true, the industry is much broader than that. The field includes professions such as turf managers, golf course superintendents, sod and seed producers, parks and ground superintendents, pesticide handlers and applicators, as well as architects, irrigation specialists, and of, cor- and of course the researchers in the field. The industry's goal is to provide a safe playing surface for the athletic fields and provide outdoor recreations for golfers and baseball, softball, soccer, lacrosse, and other outdoor activities. The industry brings economic opportunities for sod and seed producers, and lawn care for operators and landscapers. Besides adding beauty to an environment we live in, the industry can be credited for improving mental and physical health, especially in crowded areas where giving people a place to relax and unwind and enjoy nature. Lastly, turf grass provides environmental protection, and it helps purify and protect our water sources, soil, and the air wherever it is grown. Target Field gives us a great sneak peek of what the future of sports turf industry can and will do. After opening day, after a long, cold Minnesota winter, no problem, the, the turf in the ground was just heated up from below so it can be grown and ready, for green, and ready and green for the first game. There is a heat wave in mid-July, no problem. They'll just t- cool down the soil by just using cold water pipes, and it'll cool down the grass and so that there's not so it's not under stress and the players have a great playing surface. And lastly, why not water the field and clean the stadium with recycled water? The turf world and target with target field are and will help set standards for the future sports complexes. This Sports Turf Management Association, also known as STMA, over the last 30 years has grown from a bunch of sports turf managers sharing ideas to a nationwide network that provides training and education and research in the field. In 1992, my guest Brian Dayak, the owner of Pro Fields LLC, funded the Minnesota branch of the STMA. The industry has grown from athletic turf managers managers to developers, contractors, colleges, and university programs, and much, much more. Mr. Dayak, welcome. Can you tell us how the sports turf industry has changed over the last 30 years, and how do you see it changing over the next 30 years? Thanks, Reggie, for having me today. Um, As you know, the sports turf topic is something I'm passionate about, and this should be fun. 
uh, probably the biggest change I've seen over the past 30 years is the increased professionalism that has been fostered throughout the industry. Uh, what I mean is 30 years ago, there was really limited university study, maybe data, information, uh, training, and probably most importantly, networking amongst persons managing athletic fields. Uh, there seemed to be turf grass secrets that only a few understood. In general, the golf industry was where the knowledge was, and there was not a connection back to the sports turf people. I think there was a number of reasons why there is now a, a national organization specific, specifically for sports turf, but I believe there was a need to be proactive with the public perception and understanding of the what I call urban agriculture that included golf courses and sports fields. The golf industry needed to show a desire to be proactive environmentally and try to encourage a responsible management practice industry-wide. Uh, just look at Division I universities throughout the country. Uh, about 30 years ago, most athletic fields were a park of you know, general grounds department's responsibilities. The level of prof professionalism was low. Over the years, universities have created sub-departments within the grounds department focused on just the athletic fields. Uh, the Southeast Conference might have been the leader in this area, uh, employing individuals with turf grass degrees to manage these new departments. So, you know, in the 2000s, some of these department heads were already receiving salaries in excess of $100,000 a year. Thus, I could, it, to me, there was an awareness of the importance of the position. Sometimes this is called uh, urban horticulture, but it also can be called uh, city farming. So I see the next 30 years becoming even more science-based with good information and training. Uh, it is estimated that approximately 50 million acres are managed as turf in the U.S. That would place uh, turf grass third in total acreage nationwide. It's also, you know, estimated that basically in all forms, it's a $40 billion industry. Yet almost no federal dollars are devoted directly to the industry's research needs. So, you know, because of the economic and quality of life impacts that the industry provi provides, more dollars will be invested, helping uh, to bring us further along quite quickly. We know that turf grass industry is a highly science-based industry. They want to be a part of the industry and sustainability and solutions for the future rather than cause for further destruction. We also know that the climate change will be a challenge for the industry in the future. The industry will be dealing with extreme drought and temperature changes and other environmental changes. These differences in climate change in climate will make it harder to grow grass and maintain soil water levels. Research will be vital and a component in the industry's future. The industry will need to figure out how to deal with extreme cold and heat. Since we live in Minnesota, let's take a look at what researchers predict for Minnesota look by 2050. Reports predict that the average summer and winter temperatures will increase by over 6 degrees Fahrenheit. The average summer heat index 
of the number of days with dangerously high temperatures of 100 degrees Fahrenheit or higher will increase significantly. These same reports predict that Minnesota's winter precipitation will increase, but because of rising temperatures, there will be more rain and less snow. This effect will affect winter activities like snowmobiling, ice hockey, ice fishing, and Nordic skiing, which will suffer or may not even exist. The fall and spring seasons will be longer, allowing for longer seasons of outdoor and summer and fall sports like soccer, baseball, softball, golf, and lacrosse. And the de decrease in water availability in warmer temperatures will increasingly algae the algae found in lakes will causing the lakes to be nearly impossible to swim in or make them so toxic. And to get to a sense of what it will be like, you could they compare our future climate to what Kansas's current climate looks like. Growers will be able to maintain the grass for stronger, more parts of the season, which will provide a longer playing season. However, however, that would come at a high cost. Turf managers would have to balance the cost to maintain venues throughout a longer season versus the money that can be made in hosting by more events. The changing climate will also mean that the difference in such as the fire ant will now be able to survive in Minnesota because our long cold winters would be different. Research and technology will play a major part in the future of the industry. Turf managers will be educated in horticulture and climate change will be need to be such will be it will need to be understood and utilized to keep up with the technology on a daily basis. New technology and increasingly industry standards will make daily tasks easier and more efficient and push the industry to a new height. Artificial grass will become more common in places because of its ease to maintain and durability and drought resistant and no chemicals needed to keep it alive. Careful consideration of the benefits and disadvantages of natural versus artificial grass will be needed to be thought out. With increasing temperatures and more days within the hundreds, artificial grass will be too hot and unsafe to use and for many sports. Researchers will also have concerns about the emissions of the artificial turf could be releasing into the environment and how the turf can be disposed of. Nature has natural turf has its own advantages and disadvantages to contend with. With the increasing drought issues and increasing heat, there will be it will be increasingly difficult to maintain natural grass. But because natural grass helps keep our environment clean and gives it a natural place for it to live and grow it, it will also be important to maintain these green places in the future. Another consideration when determining which surface will be best to use is which type of maintenance maintenance staff will be available. Um, the type of sport also can make a difference, whether it's soccer or baseball, um, and what the environmental challenges that may come into play. New technology will allow for specialized grasses and combat and to combat with the heat and drought. New irrigation systems will allow for precise watering and there will is and there is no waste as well as the computer system and robotic equipment 
robotic equipment will make maintaining the natural grass easier and with little waste. Mr. Dayak, how do you see the future technology changing and what do you see? Well, there are a number of things that will help us evolve with the industry. I think a few of these things might be um, data to rate or judge a field's quality. The NFL might be already the first entity to quantify the safety and playability of the field and provide a benchmark for what is safe and acceptable. Um, no doubt artificial turf will continue to improve and the negative issues with uh, resolving the cost of disposal and playability and longevity will, uh, uh, will be conquered. Um, high schools will start to develop an urban horticultural program that could include the uh, athletic turf grass industry, kind of like uh, 4-H programs of the past that were focused on rural agriculture. These programs will provide experience for students to have a hands-on experience with maybe the school's athletic surfaces that include some uh, classroom learning opportunities and, you know, the actual mowing. Uh, fertilizing, um, herbicides, things of that nature. These programs probably will help, you know, the financially strapped grounds departments and help uh, connect with others outside of the grounds department to, you know, develop pride uh, in those fields for the schools. And as you have mentioned here, robotics will continue to be utilized. There's just no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, mowers, nutrient application, pesticide application, field marking or line painting, all of those things are going to uh, be more automated, more robotic use. Uh, it's going to save money, time, uh, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, in the pesticide and nutrient area, um, find ways to be more selective instead of, say, broadband applications. It might be more specific to certain areas, uh, or it could actually identify a weed, spray it, and instead of the areas around it that are weed-free. But, you know, those those machines are going to be able to travel a piece of property and and, and, and take out um, uh, weeds quite quickly and uh, you know, hopefully safely. Um, you know, the infrared technologies that are continuing to evolve with our cameras and drones and GPS, that's, that's all going to help us. Uh, the, the list probably continues and we can go on and on, but all of these things mentioned should help me and my colleagues in the industry to create some kind of sustainability, both fiscally and environmentally, uh, while at the same time meeting the expectations of the, the players and the users of these facilities. Robotic mowers will allow turf managers to mow continuously and allow for perfect surfaces. Surface sensors that will send feedback to a turf managers about the amount of use in a certain area to prevent overuse, nutrients needed, and as well as specific water needs. Irrigation programs and specialized sand-based fields will keep water from being wasted and have the ability to recycle water with no waste. Genetic improvements in grasses and fertilizers and drought-resistant and disease-resistant plants will be very important in part in keeping the sports turf industry alive and thriving in the future. Can you imagine a turf grass that requires mowing once a week 
This would also mean less watering and nutrients would needed to maintain in stronger, more resi- resilient grass. It, it is possible to si- that science continues to grow. Another area that has to be looked at for the future of how and the virtual te- how the virtual technology can change the sports turf industry. It is a very interesting thought. But there is no doubt virtual sports and technology will have the change and will change how we watch in each game and maybe even how each game will actually be played. So how will that change in the sports turf industry? Let's make it golf an example. Let's make golf an example. Currently enjoying a round of golf on a beautiful manicured course on a warm summer evening is a dream come true for most golf enthusiasts. But let's fast forward 30 years. As demonstrated earlier in the paper, golf courses will be dealing with extreme drought and more hot days. Less manicured space and the need to use high technology to stay in the game. But what if the solution is more virtual golf instead of actually taking or walking on a beautiful golf course? If you have ever had the opportunity to go play a round of golf or any of these top golf facilities, you will get a glimpse of what a round of golf may look like in 2050. Even an avid golfer can enjoy the game while not leaving the deck, which they are playing playing off of. The games can be played through virtual games allows players to work on their game while putting challenges into the game that allows even less skilled to play along. A great conversation, food and drinks can even happen on from the deck. Will this virtual way of taking or virtual way of golf take over the golf industry? This creative way of playing golf is most likely effective or most likely to affect the turf industry. But because the industry has been a part of this new trend, it it will be part of its future as well. While the virtual golf is going to take off and challenge the industry, there will still be those who want to enjoy walking the course and enjoying its nature as they enjoy around in 2050. So, the sports turf industry will what will the sports turf industry look like in 2050? We know for one thing is for sure that it will look different in, than it was than it does today. By the year 2050, the sports turf industry will be dealing with ramifications of climate change, which will include extreme drought, increasing temperatures, and other environmental changes. There will be new technology that will make daily tasks easier and more efficient, but will require skill in horticultural. Climate change and and the ability to use, utilize, and keep up technology on a daily basis. There will be genetic improvements that will help create a hybrid turf grass. Fertilizers and other nu- nutrients will push the field further. Synthetic and sports turf industry will also continue to grow and change the industry. Areas with extreme drought and fewer resources and lim- limited knowledgeable turf characters will look up to look up for easy to maintain options this is futurecast 101 this is futurecast 101